0: So, if it's okay with you, can you um, introduce yourself?
1: Certainly, so, my name is Justin Kirians. I am a board certified behavior analyst and a licensed behavior analyst. I am currently um practicing in the state of Nevada at a um in Las Vegas. I have a clinic here that I work uh, with children with autism off from age two, three years old, all the way up to adults. And um, I've been in this field for over 20 years and um, very passionate about applied behavior analysis and and working with individuals on the autism spectrum.
0: Excellent. Uh, so... I- I guess my first question to you is what and or who motivated you to choose this career path?
1: That's a really good question. You know, um, after I completed my graduate program, uh, it was in the area of more of clinical psychology. And, you know, at that time... I was, um, you know, when when I when I first started working outside of the graduate program, um, I, I realized, you know, that I, I wasn't interested in clinical psychology. I, I I was learning at that time about applied behavior analysis, and um, back then, this was over 20 years ago, so ABA wasn't very widespread at that time. And so when I um, got into my first um, career after graduate school, it was working with adults with autism and developmental disabilities, and I had two excellent mentors, uh, two PhD um, doctoral level BCBA's. They didn't have the BCB, uh, BCBA D designation back then, uh, but they mentored me, and um, and I was able to kind of utilize the uh, the skills of applied behavior analysis and. What what I found working um, at that time, I, I was really blown away by by the technology of behavior analysis and and how we're able to make meaningful impact in an individual's life, uh, and without having to go through years of talking therapy, which you know um, it, it was it was really a, a life changing experience for me that. I can make meaningful life changes, uh, teach you know skill acquisitions uh, such as um, social skills and, and problem solving skills, and, uh, and and really impact their their life um, in very meaningful ways without having to you know go through very uh, prolonged um, you know talking therapy. So that was the first thing that um, introduced me to the field and. And that experience, I I have not since then um, drifted away from the field of autism. I've been working with autism ever since, um, you know, in which I expanded to children and adult, uh, adolescents and, um, of course, you know, gaining additional education and board certification. But uh, that was really the start of it all for me. And um, I just, you know, I've never turned, turned back. Uh, just the people I've met um and the clients that I, I've worked with, they've taught me just as much as you know, I've learned just as much from them and uh, it, it was um it, it's been a great it's been a great journey for me.
0: That's awesome. Um, I'm I'm very happy for you. Thank you, Sean. Um how would you describe both autism and ABA?
1: How would I describe both of them? You know, I think ABA is is a powerful science. And it's the application of the principles of the science uh, and technology that's that's really inspiring and life-changing. But ABA is not only effective for individuals with autism. I, I've I've used ABA um, with a variety of different populations, uh, individuals with many different types of diagnoses um and it it's you know the 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 hard thing has to do with uh insurance companies and um other funding sources that are um slowly coming around to recognize that the power of this of this um science and and its various applications um uh, i've you know personally you know really loved and fallen in love with working with individuals on the autism spectrum but you know, people are people in, in general, and I think um, I think that anyone you know can benefit and, and demonstrate progress when ABA is applied and utilized correctly, individualized uh, to that particular person, um, and we're able to see the growth and and development of each person. So, for me, working with individuals with autism, it's been extremely Re rewarding and reinforcing for me to be able to see their level of individual growth, and um, but it's not just limited to that. And and I feel that our field in ABA has uh, a lot more growth to do, and there are many more people in this world that can benefit from this amazing science and technology.
0: Excellent. Um, if you were to explain what ABA is to someone who knows nothing about autism and nothing about what the science of aba is how would you explain it to them
1: you know so um first and foremost it, it is a science um and it's it's applying you know these skills um or this technology uh in a way to have meaningful impact on a person's life so it's improving their ability to communicate and express their needs it's improving you know uh, their ability to engage in other appropriate social skill areas so meaningful relationships with friends uh, to being able to connect with other people you know and feel c- that sense of connection uh, and also to decrease any you know challenging behaviors so that they are able to Fit in um, with others and and express their needs and get what they want using their words and you know essentially that is addressing the core deficits of autism right and that's what makes ABA medically necessary so I, I think when when you put it in, in, in a term that's meaningful to that person by um, having you know positive life outcomes and developing relationships and being able to to uh, communicate that uh, i think it becomes more um more relatable to the individual
0: absolutely um how important is early intervention um in in your opinion
1: you know um i mentioned earlier you know i started my career working with adults and you know, it wasn't until, you know, several years in my journey and growth that I was, I got the, I was fortunate enough to have excellent supervisors and mentors uh, to, you know, to learn from. And working with children and, you know, two, three-year-olds, um, I, you know, it's it's something that I'm just, I've been so grateful about. Uh, not everybody is able to, um to have a variety of experiences like that, and and what I learned early on is the ability of a of a child um, to learn so much at that critical age. It, it's it's so crucial. There there's this window of opportunity that when you when you start teaching these skills early on, there's a foundation that's being laid, and they are learning and growing, and you know, what um, What we notice is that their rate of acquisition of skills is significantly increased due to these outcomes. Uh, what we know now is so different from, you know, how things were 20 years ago. Um, I, I once worked in a developmental center with um, – um, actually, um, I worked in a, an estate – Uh, run um, center where it was more of an ICF unit, and these adults did not have early intervention. They were the most severe of the severe, and the challenging behaviors that they exhibited uh, resulted in self-harm, aggression towards others, and significant challenging behaviors that um, we just don't see these kind of things nowadays. Um, I haven't seen this in, you know, many 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 years and and i and I believe this is because of how much as, of a you know how much we've grown as a society and how much we've learned um, with the the importance of early intervention so when you start teaching these skills early on um, you know how to communicate your needs and um, how to request for things and label things and um, having introverbal, you know, beginning conversational you know, skills, you start teaching these things very early on, the child is learning to get their needs met, you know, in in more advanced ways, uh, whether it's vocal speech, augmentative communication, um, sign language, um, rather than resorting to significant challenging behaviors. and And I believe that's all due to the fact that you know, we've started early on. Uh, the second thing I think is important with, that goes along with early intervention is having other uh, professionals, allied health professionals. So it's not just ABA. It's speech therapy. It's occupational therapy. Um, it's, it's having a team of professionals, uh, special education teachers, um, very involved parents they are all critical to the development of each individual child.
0: Um, What is your opinion about medication side effects um, and behaviors um, that people with disabilities exhibit?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question, Sean. I'm glad you asked that. You know, one of the things that, and I think this is important for every healthcare professional is that we have to learn how to be, you know, good team players, right? And work and collaborate with other professionals on the team. Um, We don't have all the answers um, and, but it's important to work with other professionals and collaborate with them. Now, we We also cannot operate outside of our scope of practice, and essentially we cannot co- make comments or provide you know medical advice or provide opinions on whether or not uh, medication is you know effective for a particular child. What we can do, however, is we can observe behaviors we can actually put in phase lines on our graph, and we can see what affects particular um, uh, be, medications may have on a child's behavior, and we can work collaboratively with the psychiatrist or the prescribing physician, and and provide meaningful um, input and collaboration with them with regards to the ch- uh, the child's behavior. And in an ideal setting, that level of communication and um, you know um, involvement is very helpful because it takes a whole team. Uh, just like you know, the, the saying it takes a village, right? It takes a whole team of, of professionals to be able to um, determine what is the best um, regimen for a particular child. So, uh, in, in no situation have I ever said that you know all medication is bad, or 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 the opposite, no medication is good or bad. Or uh, I've seen over the years with thousands of different clients, uh, in some cases there are you know, there are good situations. You know, for it, there are other situations where, you know, it, it may not be the best. And and what and working with a really good prescribing doctor, they're able to look at the side effects and determine well if this particular medication is not working, let's try let's try something else or something, and let's look at the least intrusive, uh, the lowest most effective dose for a particular child. Um, you know, so it's important to, to look at a fade-out plan if possible, and uh, looking at uh, first of all, are they on the right class of medications, and are they, um, you know, has their behavior shown improvement as a result of that? So, those are things that again are not determined by us as behavior analysts, but certainly through our ability to track and record data and to have input with the with the prescribing doctors um i i feel that the child's um outcomes are significantly improved just because of our ability to be involved
0: excellent um what are your favorite and least favorite parts about your job
1: you know i'd have to say my favorite part is working with working with each individual child um and I think that's what most ABA practitioners get into this field for uh even though I am you know the the clinical director and and essentially uh doing a lot of administrative work every day I am seeing clients and I'm actually very hands on you know with with all the cases here so that is the most rewarding Aspect to me because I still feel very connected to that passion. Um, the the parts that that's the most um, you know, frustrating at times can be dealing with insurance companies, right? Or dealing with some of the obstacles, um, you know, or, or or barriers, right? To um, you know, the paperwork and uh, but that to me is is just something that it's a small part that. The most important part, and, and the reason why I'm in this field, is I want to see change and progress with these individuals, and um, it gives me a lot of satisfaction to know that where they were when they came to us and where they are today, uh, and and seeing that, and seeing the parents who are involved, and seeing you know them expressing their gratitude and and how much they've seen change. To me, that's what keeps me going. I think every every job in this world is going to have, you know, some obstacles, right? And and our field yeah. of of ABA is is still a growing field. I, you know, granted, um, you know, over fifty years, you know, they, there's there's a lot of um, you know B.F. Skinner's been talking about uh, behavior analysis, but insurance is still relatively new in the field of ABA. It's, it's certainly within the the past decade. Um, and there's still a lot of, um, you know, and licensure, LBA, licensure for behavior analysis is new in many states. So our field is still relatively new in perspective um, when you compare it to other fields, certainly in the medical field as a whole, um, it, it's much more new. So there's still a lot of growth and learning as we go through this process, but I think that that will never change um, the fact that Things are better now than they were you know ten, fifteen, twenty years ago.
0: Um, I would totally agree with you i I feel like that progress comes only through time. the more information and knowledge we we gain. Through time, the more we will be able to um, improve and improve the lives of people with different abilities, um, and we'll be able to assist them better um, than we were able to um, the day before. Does um, that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Sean. It, it it's you know, every, every every day that goes by, you know, we're as a field we're all learning. And yeah. you know, not one not one person has all the answers and um you know, and I think every field is going to go through its ups and downs and um but it's kind of like a graph, right? When a behavioral analyst looks at a graph of a of a child and you see you see the um it it might be a little bit variable right it might be going up down up down, but overall it's an increasing trend it's going up despite the little bit of variation of up and down up and down overall it's moving in the upward trend, and that's what I feel our field is doing i think um you know I think that's a good graphical representation of what we're both trying to say here
0: definitely um name too challenging and too easy aspects about bringing out the potential of your clients?
1: Two challenging things and two easy things of bringing out the potential of the client. Um, I think um, starting with the challenging aspects to to bring out potential. there there's so many things, I think, that, that can be barriers. Um, you know, one of them can be limitations in insurance funding. I think that's a big one. Um, you know, if, uh, if certain – there are certain health plans, for example, that do not have an ABA benefit. And unfortunately, there are, you know, many kids who are still out there waiting for services. And, and that's sad to me. That you know, there's um, not enough capacity, um, and you know, and I think that's that's the other issue, right? Is there's not enough BCBAs and RBTs out there. So, I think those are the two biggest barriers right now, and for our field as a whole. Um, I, and that's improving as well. I, I, I really, well, you know, I think there's a lot more RBTs and BCBAs now than there were years ago. So. That it, we're, we still have more to go, and, and I feel like we we just we we still need to continue to have um, programs, right? Um, more more university programs out there that are able to have uh, degrees that that are leading to applied behavior analysis degrees, and um, how, you know better trained um, individuals uh, who. And and and, and that, that's already happening. It's just um you know, we're we're still we're still moving in, in towards that direction. Yeah. And as as far as your um other half of the question with the uh the two I, I think you you were asking what are the two different um areas of growth. Uh, did I get that correct? Well, uh, the,
0: the second part of my sec- of the question yeah. was Name two e- um, easy aspects about bringing out the potential of your clients.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I, I have to say, um, one of the most important things is, is parental involvement, and yeah. you know, it's insurance companies have have mandated this, but I think this is something that we've been doing way before. Um, it's so crucial that you have uh, a family member who shows interest in what we're doing, wants to be able to learn these skills and generalize it to their environment because we're only with the with the child for a, a limited part of the day, whereas the parent is with that, that child for a big portion of the day. So I think yeah. that's that's one of the one of the bigger areas um that's easy in terms of um resulting in in child you know positive child outcomes right because if you can adequately train a family member on how to do these things you're going to see faster acquisition of those skills and they're going to generalize quickly Uh, and then that, that way you can utilize that time that extra time to work on new skills so the rate of growth for that child becomes at that point exponential because you're saving that time and you're quickly reinvesting that time to teach new skills so that's um I think that's one of the things that works really well um in terms of client outcomes um and then I think another another um, area i think in terms of professional um you know outcomes positive outcomes that I would say would be the development of, you know, um, more behavior analytic uh, curriculums and assessment tools to guide clinical process and decision making. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you look at there's still kind of a, a dearth of, of those kind of tools. You know, there's the ABLES and VB maps, and you know, there's APLES, and there there, there are there are several, and and they're and they're more and more and more coming out, um, actually, um, but. I think I think with the advent of that um has been very positive for our field and practitioners because clients are able to get um you know behavior analytic treatment in a way that is developmentally sequenced and you know criterion based and it's it's measurable and and it's it's, it's using it's using skills in a way it's using it's a it's applying the science and methodology of behavior analysis but doing it in a more systematic way. And, and I think by, by having a variety of different assessments that continue to, to come out, um, I feel that that is, is also going to be very beneficial in terms of client outcomes. Um, and speaking of client outcomes, you know we, we are a behavioral health center of excellence that so we've been for many, many years. Uh, and one of the things that the BHCOE looks at when they uh, audit our agency, they, they want to look at client outcomes. So they want to see um aggregate data based on the ables or v map, for example, of how our clients are progressing. And you know, if you were to go to a surgeon, you you would want to see um client outcomes, right? Like what levels of success have they had with their with their clients? Yeah. Um, and similarly, I feel that parents have the right to know when they're when they're looking around for a behavior mm-hmm. provider, you know, they want to know what what level of success has this provider had, you know, for a child on the spectrum? So I, I believe that's been something that's been uh, very, very easy, uh, as you put it, you know, in terms of um, client outcome.
0: Excellent. Um, and my second to last question to you is: What kind of tactics would you use if given the chance to rehabilitate people? Who bully people with
1: disabilities? Wow, um, it, it, it saddens me the fact that there are people that would bully anyone, especially somebody with, an, with a disability. Um, you know, you, you talk about rehabilitation, and, and certainly as, as a behavior analyst, I mean, you know, we're we're not about punishment, right? And you know, we're we're about what can we do to effectively, you know, teach and, um, you know, and, and this is this is a, one of those you know uh, situations where, just like the science of ABA in general is is, uh, or I should say overall is very specific and individualized to that person, I think the treatments will need to be the same. Uh, so, for I'll give you examples if if the person who had Engage in bullying behavior towards the individual. Uh, There are different functions of behavior, as as you know. And the first thing we would have to figure out was what's the function of that behavior? Why is that individual engaging in that? Right? Are they? um, And and I think once you understand the reasons behind that, then I think you're you're better equipped to determine what types of interventions are best suited to to rehabilitate an individual who's engaging in that kind of behavior, but I don't think the approach should be you know one one way like there, there shouldn't be a recipe that in all situations, this is how we're, we need to approach it um, just like we we never have the same behavior plan um, for more than one child right every every child is different. Uh, and, and I think the interventions need to to be varied accordingly.
0: Regarding um, what you said, I I think the best way to put it is there's no one size fits all.
1: Yes, absolutely, Sean.
0: Yeah. And do you have any last words of wisdom for the listeners and? If people want to get into contact with you for to to get services from you or anything in between, how would they do that?
1: Yeah, so you know um I would say you know one thing to a lot of family members out there is if you were just um if you've just received a diagnosis um for your child um i I know the process is is very overwhelming. And um, you know, I would say, you know, talk to talk to the professionals. You know, talk to the doctors. Um, go, you know, find local resources in your area. Uh, where I live, for example, in Las Vegas, uh, we have Feet Families for Effective Autism Treatment. We have other nonprofit agencies that provide resources, community resources, uh, and those kinds of uh, services can be very helpful when navigating the system. Uh, And I think it it can be very overwhelming for a parent, right, because they're told, well, you're going to need ABA, you're going to need speech therapy, you're going to need OT, and and the parents sitting there going, oh, my goodness, um, you know, where do I start? So, so, yeah, I would start with, you know, joining, um, you know, some of these uh, nonprofit uh, agencies. They have, you know, all these pamphlets and resources. They also have um, parent support groups, so joining some of those parent support groups can be very helpful. Uh, to put you in touch with other family members, you know, who are also experiencing uh, what you may be experiencing. Uh, and, um, you know, t- um, and, and as you get through and navigate the process, you're going to continue to learn and grow. So don't feel that you have to learn everything overnight. Um, you know, it, it's important to research, but at the same time, it, it's it's a journey and it's a process, and you're going to be learning as you go along the way. And, and don't rush the process. So, um, you know, one of the nice things with ABA is you're going to be doing parent training as well as you know the child receiving individual one-to-one ABA therapy. And during the parent training sessions, the the parents are going to learn a lot, and uh, there, there'll be a lot of opportunities to uh, to grow. You know, from that. So hopefully, hopefully they they find that helpful. Um, in terms of more about us, uh, we are Achievable Behavior Strategies, and our clinic is in Las Vegas. Uh, you can go to our website at uh, www.bxtherapy.com, so B as in boy, X as in x-ray, BX Therapy. And, um, you know, we, we have a, a very large clinic. We are um, mostly clinic-based services here in Las Vegas, and um we have we have excellent staff all of our staff are um licensed and certified and um actually we don't have anybody here who is not uh registered um, you know certified or licensed and um you know we are very we're all very passionate about um our field uh, most of our staff are actually working towards their BCBAs so um they're they're very highly qualified and uh this is the career for a lot of our a lot of our staff and we 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 take that very you know uh we we that's just i guess the best way to describe us i mean that kind of separates us from from others is is that we're we're not trying to be the largest we're trying to be the best and uh we all love what we do
0: excellent um Justin, I want to thank you for your time, and I want to thank you for being part of this interview show, and um, it was just a, a, a honor to talk to you.
1: Oh, uh, likewise, Sean. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk, and uh, it was a pleasure to meet you as well. So uh, thank you very much for this opportunity.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, also, you should receive this. Um, um, I'm not sure if you want it, but if you do, I could I could email it you the, the episode.
1: Oh, that would be great. Sure. Okay.
0: Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Oh, same to you, Sean. You take care. Have you a great too. rest of your week. Bye, bye.
0: Mm-hmm.